0: Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today on the podcast, we have my good buddy, Aaron Siegel from Home Team. You guys have heard on here at least two times, maybe more. And, you know, we're just really happy you're here.
1: Oh, It's nice to be here, buddy. Nice to be back. Yeah. It's like home. Yeah. This is like home. It's been a while. We did one during COVID. I remember yep. when Carter's mom and then otherwise it was like your first one. Yeah.
0: It was so. my very first podcast, I think, that ever came out, I think. I don't know. It was one of the first ones.
1: Lindsay's house. Yeah. Back in the day when I had to drink my
0: way through it, I was so nervous. (laughs) I would get to her house and I'd be like, do you have any alcohol here? She'd be like, could you bring your own?
1: Wait, so you're not drunk right now?
0: No, actually, I'm okay. dead sober. Right on. Yeah, I went to this guy's 50th birthday party this weekend, and so I've decided to kind of take it easy this week. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: That was eventful. It was very eventful. It was yeah. fun, though. Yeah. So I've gone to Aaron since we have been friends just to talk to him about growth, and he's always given me really great advice. So today we're just going to talk about growth, leadership, culture, all the different things, because they've done an amazing job, in my opinion, with their restaurants and staying in the vein of the work. So let's just, for our listeners that haven't listened before, tell them a little bit about you, a little bit about Home Team, and then we'll go from there.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, I grew up in Atlanta. I went to the University of uh, Georgia. I started cooking um, a little bit in high school and um, some in college, and just uh, probably about halfway through college decided that I wanted to go to culinary school, be a chef. Um, I just loved working with food and uh, making people happy with food, and so... Uh, When I graduated Georgia, I actually moved to Charleston for the first time for about nine months and um, worked in a restaurant here and applied to culinary school. I almost went to Johnson & Wales, which was located Mm -hmm. in Charleston at the time. And then I also applied to uh, Culinary Institute of America up in Hyde Park, New York. It's about 90 miles north of the city up the Hudson River. And I ended up going to school there. I did an internship in Atlanta halfway through school and then decided to move out to Colorado, um, after I got done with, uh, culinary school, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be out somewhere where uh, it's so hard when you're in the, in the food and beverage industry to kind of find time for yourself, especially when you're in those grunt work days. And I wanted to be somewhere where it was easy to go outside and Mm -hmm. do what I wanted. And I like to ski and mountain bike and things like that. And spent some time in Colorado when I was in college. So I did that, worked white tablecloth out there, um, for four years, um, so, you know, fancy food, that's what I wanted to do. I also had a job the first two years I was there at a place called the Big Rap. So I had two jobs, a jo- job during the day, um, at Big Rap and a job at night at, um, this high end place. And the, and Big Wrap ended up making a huge in- impact on me. Um, it was, um, you know, kind of, uh, fast fresh, but it was like 1998. So mm-hmm. there weren't that many places like that around. It was really authentic food, um, salads and tacos and burritos and the owner, was there all the time, just working her, working her butt off. She worked cashier, she rolled burritos, she made orders, she made the schedule, um, made a big impact on me. And I think that was kind of the impetus of like, um, my thoughts about home team barbecue and doing something casual. So, mm-hmm. um, I left, uh, Aspen in 2002. I just wanted to move back down South and be around my friends and family. Thought maybe I'd open up a restaurant someday. And, um, knew I couldn't do it in Aspen, Colorado, um, ah. which is kind of ironic, <laughs> but, um, anyhow, um, moved back, uh, to, I decided I didn't want to go back to Atlanta. I wanted to come back to Charleston. Charleston is an upcoming food town and, um, knew some folks here and moved here in 2002 and, um, kind of fell into this executive chef job at Blossom Cafe. Blossom had been around for a long, long time. Um, got a job there, um, as executive chef and, um, you know, got the chance to redo the menu there, change the concept, my first executive chef job. So, you know, kind of trial by fire in terms of management and figuring it figuring it all out, how to motivate people. Yeah. Um, you know, seems like a big job. It was a big job, a.m. and p.m., lunch and dinner. I'd never done that before. So, mm-hmm. you know, the restaurant never really stopped. Um, really two sets of people, like a lot of the people that I governed during the day were, were um, you know, career cooks um, that, you know, were just kind of... Um, you know, a lot of them have been there for a long time. You know, they, they weren't interested really in particularly moving up. They just want to come to work every day, put a check in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to come in, gain all these people's respect, right. figure out how to motivate them. Um, and then at night we had all these students from, from Johnson, Wales that were, you know, college age. Mm-hmm. And so totally different set of circumstances. Some of them, you know, wanted to soak up everything that, you know, all the knowledge they possibly could and, and, and try to further their career and knew what they wanted to do. The other ones were just soaking up the alcohol. They're just treating it like college, (laughs) you know? And so, um, you know, I think it was, it was a great job for me because obviously I was the guy and I had to figure everything out and I learned about food costs and labor costs and scheduling and inventory. Um, you know, we, we did a, um, an improvement to the restaurant. So got to help design that and and plan that, But, but more so it was just about the people, you know, just like understanding, you know that everybody's different. You know we, we treat everybody the same baseline, but um, everybody is motivated by different things, and um, and you have to sort of figure that out and uh, understand that if you really want people to get behind you. So um, that was a big learning experience for me. Um, you know I started thinking about this sort of um, uh, walk-up barbecue place. You know it was just kind of. Um, quick and fresh, and um, you know, doing different things with barbecue. Uh, I really thought about barbecue in terms of like um, uh, smashing it together with like Mexican cuisine, mm-hmm. um, and which is really a, a common thing in Texas. Uh, that's kind of how Tex Mex. Um, came about and you know barbecue is just a great meat to use in all Mm -hmm. these particular dishes and then I thought about all the things that I'd learned and in high-end cooking and how I could apply that to barbecue and and why was there this like box around barbecue that it was just like this meat and three and then you know everything else on the menu is just kind of an afterthought and you know you had to do it this way and and I just never thought it that that -hmm. that way so um, started thinking about this 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 barbecue concept Um, I love music love sports um, started thinking about my life and what I wanted to do. And, and that, you know, that high end white tablecloth cuisine is just like a rat race. And this was back in 2003, four or five. And now it's just even, even more so. So I, I just didn't really see a path for me. And I wanted to do something that, um, that I could have fun with and be a part of it, you know, come in every day. It's like, this is my yep. place. And, um, good friend of mine from college, our buddy, Lindsey Nevin, um, came to me and said he was looking for an old gas station to turn into a restaurant. And, um, without
0: you know, even a concept or have y'all had been talking about it
1: no yeah we've been talking about it a little bit but you know Lindsay's kind of just always looking for something new and fun mm-hmm. and um and you know, loves to take old stuff and 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 work with it and and um you know i you know we were buddies and i had kind of talked about this this restaurant a little bit i think he was I, I don't remember what came first um really but there were a ton of gas stations being turned into cool places mm-hmm. around here. You know, um, first place we looked at was a place on spring street, the, the flower place, which is a really cool gas station. Um, but he came to me and said that, um, he was going to try to purchase this place and what I want to put a restaurant in there. And so I just started trying to figure it out. and uh, started working with a loan officer to raise money. I mean, to try to get a loan and realize really quickly, um, that, uh, you have to have money to borrow money. Mm. I didn't (laughs) have any money (laughs) or assets or anything like that. And, um, I got about a couple months down the line with him and, uh, then he just kind of disappeared on me. Yeah. And, uh, can we talk
0: about that a little bit? Like, like fundraising and well, so I I had Helen Hall on here a few weeks ago and Mm -hmm. she was talking about, I guess I'm so bad with terms. It was like a capital raise or whatever. So her, so she was just, she literally went on Instagram Mm-hmm. And she, in two, three months, something like that, like she raised, it's closed now, but she raised like $3 million. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So when people do that, that means they have ownership in the business, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to... to... It always blows my mind. Well, the thing about it is, is in, when you're starting any business or you're doing something new, you always think there's a better way to do it. Um, or, you know, there's a bunch of ways to do it that you don't know about that are better or... Um, and really I got kind of forced into, to my method, which was basically, you know, I was about to sign a lease, about to open up a restaurant. I didn't, I didn't have the ways and means to get a loan. I didn't have a crap ton of money. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, but, um, but I had a bunch of friends and family and people who liked my food and believed in me. Yep. And so you're um, a
0: likable guy. (laughs)
1: sometimes. And my, my, so, and my dad helped me out a little bit. He's a a tax lawyer in Atlanta. So he knew how to set up the business and how to kind of set up the sort of investment plan and whatever. But we, we sold 1% of the restaurant, $5,000. And, um, I can't remember how much we raised. I put in some money myself, but not very much. And, um, we, we ended up, it it was $300,000 project cost. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we went and drove up, all over the place, buying used to, I mean, we probably didn't have one piece of new equipment in that whole place. Yeah. I mean, we just put it together and, um, you know, uh, I was out there every day on site, you know, helping with the construction and, um, you know, trying to do things. Um, you know, efficient you're like Kira ways.
0: I'm gonna need you to calm that leg down.
1: Sorry, it's a, it's, it's called Newton's knees. Kira, it's like, it's
0: Kira, Kira shakes my everything
1: everywhere we it, go. This is hereditary. It comes from my grandfather. Okay. Literally, it's called Newton's knees. She has it. We, we have like we can watch, we watch family members up on stage and or over there in the corner of the room. And they're yeah, all just, they're just they're shaking. Twitching.
0: Yeah, so that's her.
1: Yeah, I'm okay. not nervous. <laughs> I know you're not. I've seen you do it before. I should be. <laughs> I mean, it's, a big, it's, a, it's a big deal. All <laughs> but, right, so
0: you've got your money and you're opening, and then, like, so all the structure is in place, but you know you got to have, just from your experience, be a good leader, good food. <laughs> when does culture come in? Because I feel like that conversation, when I first opened my first business, it wasn't... I mean, we talked... We knew we kind of had a little direction, but it wasn't... Like, we knew, like, yoga principles, but there wasn't, like... I, I don't even know how that business stayed open with me at in front of it, basically yeah. I had no idea what I was doing yeah so how do you like I'm sure it's grown, but like how do you
1: well i mean you know it's a it's a little bit of this sort of um kind of uh, what do they have to say? It's an imposter theory, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of, you don't, you don't set out to like be a leader, right. you know, and create a culture. Like right. that's not what was going on in my brain. No. I mean, uh, I knew how I wanted to do things and I knew, and it was basically the way that I governed the whole rest of my life. You know, I'm going to be fair to people. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to understand what they're going through. I want to get them behind me. Um, you know. Um, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser so like I don't like to have everybody. I don't like to have enemies I don't have mm-hmm. like people that are upset with me so that makes being a leader tough but um, you, you just kind of go into like this is what I need and I got to communicate it and so from day one for me I, I, th- I think I did you know have the aspirations of, 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 of opening up another store so I kind of knew that like, I mean, first of all I got to get people to do things the way that I want them to do them in order to have any time off at all.
0: Yep. Well, so whether systems. I've
1: got, yeah, systems.
0: I mean, that's, but that's huge. Like, I can't, like, my operation is uh, like, um, like a centimeter of your operation. But,
1: but, but systems, I think uh, people put more emphasis on systems um, than, you know, the actual conversations. Like, you know, you can tell somebody how to, how to make Brunswick stew. You know, you can tell them, over it, but you can't tell them how to deal with another employee. Right. Or if it's going through an issue or how to, how to deal with a problem. That, that's, that comes from um, repetition and having a conversation about it. Like, okay, this is how you dealt with it. Um, this is how you should have dealt with it. Or mm-hmm. this is how you should have done something differently. And you, and it comes from making mistakes and, um, and then having conversations about those mistakes. So um, I, that was never the type of guy that was like ready to terminate somebody because they made a mistake or Same put them way. in the corner because yep. they made a mistake. I mean, I'd rather stick with somebody, have a conversation. If they understand you know, what they did wrong or are willing to talk about it um, and and have that conversation, then I'd rather continue forward that with that person. I could not than...
0: agree more. And I think like, just sorry to interrupt you, but like no, that I've learned that so much more. Cause I, when I first started, like you said, the people pleaser didn't want to have like confrontation or whatever. And now those relationships are like my key people, and I'll say it because I'd say it if she was sitting here. Like Meggie and I, have had to have some really fucking hard conversations yeah. before, where it's been like, "This is make or break. Like this can't go on. Like this shit ain't gonna fly anymore," you know. And it's like mm-hmm. we then there's respect, and we've dug that well of like depth and vulnerability with each other that we can take it into a really positive way. And I'm we got so, we got like ten years behind us now, right? You know, and
1: it's because you have that foundation, right? Like you, the more. I feel like the, the more tough conversations that you have, um, you know, where you're honest with somebody, um, the more, f- the more of the foundation of trust you build mm-hmm. and, and the, the more confidence you have, the next time something comes up that you can have a conversation and then you can figure out, you know, s- something from it. Right. Um, as opposed to just being, just absolutely dreading the conversation, I mean, I talk about all the time with with my people and I've done it myself, like a tough conversation. I mean, I'm still doing it like this week. Like, you know, you you can say it all you want, but it's still hard to have tough conversations. And so but if you I think we all learned like the more time like you can waste a lot of time thinking about what's going to happen in a conversation Mm -hmm. and whether a person feels feels a certain way or not you're never going to find out until you sit down and sit across the table from totally you. and so you can waste tons and tons of time by not having a tough conversation you know, to me you figure out two things when you have a tough conversation number one you figure out that um what you thought about the situation was true and you need to go your separate ways or you you understand like immediately what's or the, the other thing is like it was totally opposite yeah. And then then you end up figuring out some things about each other and you're able to move forward in oh, a much more so positive true. way. But both ways like save you a shit ton of time. Yeah. Like, you just don't you don't I mean, like have the conversation and go. So that's what that was always my approach. I mean, it was about I mean, systems, I've, I'm much less. I just not as good at I mean, I tried to, you know, put stuff down on so paper. So you've had
0: Somebody who's helped you with that part.
1: Yeah, well, mostly in the last, mostly in the last, uh, in the last, uh, seven years, you know, I'd say since we opened up downtown. how many ha- now do you have? We have seven now. So, so we opened up West Ashley and, and West Ashley was 25 people, you know, and we just worked our asses off and we were there all the time and we were just scratching and clawing for everything that we had. I mm-hmm. mean, we didn't, we weren't really making any money. We didn't make money for, a, a, you know, probably five years over there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, people liked our food and, um, you know, we liked working with each other. It was hard as crap, but, um, it was more about just, you know, um, the relationships and, um, and trying to figure out what works and then trying to scribble stuff down, you know, like scribble. I mean, that PM. works. Yeah. Like, no, just trying. you know, here's a PM prep list or here's a policy here. Yeah. Or here's a, po- I mean, policies are hard to make, you know, we were, very generous in the beginning, and then you realize some of the things when, like I realized that that like some of the generous things that I was doing, um, with totally good intentions, you know, in terms of how I paid people or split up tips were illegal, mm. you know. So you just you you yeah. you can be lucky, you know, that that you know somebody didn't nab you for something that you were trying to do and all in good spirits, but um, I you did know, that during the
0: pandemic. I paid everyone under the table, and then I realized first of all, it's illegal. Second of all, it really bit me in the ass. <laughs> I was like, "Listen, I'm going to help you guys out. No taxes." And the whole, you know, I'm like, "What am I doing here?" So
1: yeah, but uh, and then we so we opened, we opened. Uh, I was able to get a loan for for Sullivan's Island, and kind of you know Baker kind of helped me out with that. Baker, um, uh, you know, it was like, "Burt's closed," and he was like, "Dude, this place would be great." He Introduced me to the, to the landlords. We yeah. went to talk to them. And they liked us, and
0: I mean that uh, place kills it.
1: Well, we were we were local, and they—I mean—they were all kinds of people trying to get in that place. But our—I I think they felt like our concept fit, and we were locals, and we care—you know—we were going to be in our place every day, and all these other people were from all over the country just trying to yeah. get a restaurant on Sullivan's Island, and so we got really almost lost. That um, came within like a thread of losing that. So For why? I, oh, I was I was just I, I I was nervous as crap about the building. And, you know, it it had nobody touched it for 25 years and Mm -hmm. I was getting a loan and I was trying to figure out construction, trying to figure out construction is really, really hard, especially the rehab. And so I didn't want to get into a situation where I got into a building and borrowed all this money and then didn't have enough money to deal with it. And so I got a, um, I was kind of, you know, getting in there on that with the landlord and, um, had an inspection done and I passed the inspection over to the landlord and she was just like, give me the keys back and just, um, and, uh, like what she saw. Well, I think she was just kind of like, okay, you, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was really wasn't a huge deal. She just got upset. It was a negotiation. Yeah. And, and, um, and then her husband called me over the weekend. It was a holiday weekend. She's like, oh, he's like all the family is down at the dock. He's like, they knew I was on the phone with you. They'd kill me. It's <laughs> like, what happened? And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. And so we had a conversation he got me back in there and we figured it all out. And, um, and open up that place, so we had two, and then it was like, all right, now I know I can't be there every day, you know, I've got to have, you know, I've got to depend on people, and so all the people that I had to, and depending on, you know, Taylor, I've sent, Taylor's one of my partners, and um, sent him over there to be the executive chef, we hired another guy, Sean Danaher, to be our GM over there, who ended up being one of my partners, and um, I stayed over at West Ashley, ran catering, and, and ran that kitchen. And you, you have to depend on other people mm-hmm. to do things the way that you want them done. And so we you know we constantly talked about that all the time, and we always have. And then it took us a long time to open up another one. It took us seven years. They opened up downtown. Um, and that was a huge deal. We got an SBA loan for that and bought the property and got all, all oh, the Oh, you for- own that? Yeah, oh, nice. and, and then um, and and got all the money for the, for the outfit, and then also went back to the well with all these people that had helped us out over the years, and found some more people, and that was the point where we were like, we need some help. We yeah, need, like you when know. you
0: say help, you mean like corporate, not corporate, but like a headquarters kind of help.
1: Well, yeah, and so it's funny when people talk about corporate because I mean it was just like. The way that we looked at it was, is that people, our employees needed more support. Yeah, like we couldn't do it all. You know, we were four owners. Tony was running around doing the music and everything. Uh, uh, Taylor was, you know, obviously kind of um, helping with the executive chef downtown. But what what would be going on at our other restaurants while we're opening this well, restaurant? This is my.
0: This is what I think about all the time. What I've talked to you about. Like, yeah, I literally can't wrap my mind around it. And I think, I mean, I feel like food is more scalable than. A person. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying it's like, I'm sure I know it takes a shit ton of work and all that stuff, but like, I don't think I can do anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you look at, at what you do. I mean, it, and I mean, it's, it is, it's different, but I completely get what you're saying. Like the, the personality of the business, the business has a personality, mm-hmm. you know, but you, I think what, um, you know, when I look at what you do and what you've done, they're, you've got a bunch of little fingers out there that are, they're completely on the same page with you. I mean, they... they.
0: But here's my, I'm scared if I, well, like Chan always comes, she's always like, I want to open one in Austin, I want to open one in Austin cause that's where she's from, it's where her dad lives. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to lose you. She's like, I'll just move there for a few months. I'm like, you move, you move for a few months. It's like fucking taking painkillers or game changers off the menu.
1: Yeah, it's um, well. I mean, that's the hard part is that um, you know you you have to start putting people different places. And um,
0: how does one do this? <laughs>
1: I mean, you're in a perfect position to do it. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to do it. And and I understand why you have reservations about it because it's just, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, your people are your glue, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you, you, I think it's intimidating when you think about, okay, how is somebody else going to do this? And where am I going to find more people?
0: How do you hire people in like other places? Like say Aspen, like you put an ad out.
1: Yeah, people- hard. Well, 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 what we, what we try to do is, um, in, 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 especially in Aspen, we, you know, we, 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 we had a lot of people from Charleston that moved out to Aspen and wanted to be part of that situation. Do you
0: pay for them to move out there?
1: Um, no, I
0: guess because they want to relocate.
1: Yeah, this was, it was more, we had a, we had our GM from Sullivan's Island was originally from Colorado. So he wanted, he was very interested in going out there and and being part of that. And so, sorry. You want to grab, you want to grab like a 50 pound weight and put it on my foot? Put it
0: on your foot. (laughs) You and Kira should really start like a clogging fucking concert or something.
1: (laughs) I have no idea I'm doing it. I cannot sit still at all. So you're in you're deep d- shit. How much longer we got? Lindsay? You're doing good. You're doing <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it he, he, he was a key component. And, um, and then, you know, it was cool because we had enough employees out there to, that were from here and knew what we were about already that we could kind of translate but it's been difficult yeah you know it's been i mean we've been into that six and a half years now it's it's still difficult to you know when you have turnover and stuff okay do these people know who we are what we're all about and well i
0: got to sit on in on your like the new hire the culture
1: the orientation i love
0: that the orientation yeah and so uh, maybe like a year ago or a little yeah, less, a little more, something year. like that, um, I went down to the downtown location and Aaron had like four or five new people or whatever, all in different roles. Mm-hmm. And he just went over like how the company started, talking about core values, you know. Yeah. And I think it's just, it not, it's like you treat everybody the same.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing about orientation is, or just, you know, getting a chance to tell, I mean, we've got, we've got. Over six hundred employees now. It's, it's, it's like, you know, anybody that comes on, that maybe doesn't know about Home Team or, um, you know, doesn't have a friend that worked for Home Team or something like that. You know, I, I, you have like, you go somewhere, you go to a chain restaurant. You know, we'll talk about chains and corporate mm-hmm. stuff, but I mean, you go, you know, you have all these expectations of what this is, you know, and you know, oh, what, what is it, you know? And so I like to tell everybody what it is because you know, and how it started and a little bit about me mm-hmm. and like a little bit about my story. And so, um, sometimes I'm like, why am I telling people this? No, but, I think
0: it's so but, smart.
1: Well, I mean, in terms of, you know, it's just like, it, everybody gets a little bit of perspective yeah, that they didn't have. And, um, we're, you know, like right now we're talking about how to get to people quicker so they're not because sometimes i'll miss an orientation and then it's another two months until that's what i was gonna one.
0: say like is there it's like i would think like within the first four weeks you want to probably do it right
1: try to yeah i mean we yeah but it's it, i mean sometimes you know if somebody misses one and yeah then, you know, i mean you, do you
0: go and do them out in aspen too
1: no i don't do it i have an operating partner out there uh-huh. um uh, it's one of my best buddies um from college and um and him and the gm do it but uh I wish I, I could. I try, I've done gone out there before and done them, and then you know we've um, um, uh, a lot of Spanish-speaking folks out there, so I've gotten someone to like sit beside translate, me and yeah. translate for me, which has been fun and interesting and scary at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, but uh, it's you know you try try, just try to tell the story so that people can have some perspective on how it was built and what the people that built it are all about. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, like I, I, what I've learned is like at some point, like, like home team's not really mine anymore. It's like, it's, 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 it's my people's mm-hmm. like, they're you the ones that. that are, and then it's the customers. Yeah. It's like, like everybody, I mean, it's, it's theirs. It's yeah. like, and you have to kind of sit back and go, okay, I'll try to govern what I can um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm paying people to make decisions. Um, they're good at what they do. They care. I'm mean, like, like, I'm so grateful for the people that work for me that, I mean, like literally I look at something I'm like, holy crap, you really like, yeah. I mean, Jamie Perillo is my best example. Jamie Perillo is GM at, um, at West Ashley. I'll start crying. Um, but she, she was, um, she's been was really our first GM at West Ashley just this great personality worked her butt off and um and, you know moved up and now she's our service director and um she's really uh, my director director of operations right hand gal on on the front of the house side mm-hmm. and she just she just blows me away she writes all you know i used to just go crazy responding to people on facebook or any any you know, platform that people would complain. I'd chase people down if yeah. they had a bad experience, and and I loved it. Just like turn them around, you know, and yep. just be like make them, you know, have a little subtle way of making them realize that hey, you know, we're just serving food here. Yeah, you yeah. Know? we want to make things right and turn it around. And then, and then you know, then all of a sudden they're like our biggest fans. She does it all the time. Yeah, she and she's so good with our people and she cares. She runs. You know, she helps my marketing director do community giving as well. And it's just, you know, it just blows me away when you look around you and you have all these people that care about the same things you do mm-hmm. and care about people. Um, you know, all my, all my ops people, my HR director, my director of operations, my culinary director, um, they all care about people so much and they just kind of do the best they can. Like we talked about getting to put people on the right track mm-hmm. and, um, you know, because it's just such a better situation if, if people, you know, because sometimes it clicks with folks, and then then it's just the best thing you've ever yeah you could ever get. So it's I don't know you 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 just I think uh, again I go back to just having the conversations. The more and that's why it takes so long. I think to build a culture and to build something <laughs> to build something like like something like this is that you just you have to keep talking. You have to keep having conversations, and it might take you. 15 years before it starts clicking right i mean but we're...
0: well and also like you know we're in a we're bringing on a few new teachers right now and they're they're so good and they're exactly where they should be but like who i was as a teacher 18 years ago is different than who i am now like as even as a person you know yeah. and so it's like that's something that i think about a lot too is having to create like get you people have to learn how to do their job right yeah. we get better at it or we change jobs but ultimately you know you get more comfortable with it you get more confident um you like you said like you're not li- imposter syndrome leadership anymore
1: well your systems are well your systems are like the functional moves through the class
0: yeah easy you know like, and I always say I can teach anyone how to teach class like that's yeah I can I mean, teach you how to but,
1: teach but but <laughs> but the the real talent is is kind of to make people kind of forget about that yeah and or you know inspire them throughout and you know, you don't, I mean, you know, some I mean, I don't need to go to every class and hear, um, you know, a, a three minute talk at the beginning or something me that's either. gonna make me cry or, yeah. or whatever, like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Alex is cut and dry. Let's go. She is, bo- you know, she is a bossy dad. I just took Molly's class today, same way, you know, I mean, yeah. they're not they're not well, very people. and thoughtful we're all different, people. and that's what's so great. Yeah, everybody's different, but every
0: they all have heart and they ha- they're dynamic, and that's, that's right. what I'm constantly looking for is like dynamic people,
1: yeah, and that, but that. That is a building process. I mean, that takes confidence. Yeah, like, I know. You have to, you have to build that. You know, day after day, and you have to realize that you're going to make some mistakes, and somebody's going to go, "God, this person's corny." What's the deal? You know, I know. And you I just got to keep going, right? I see it. Like I see it. I've been doing, I've watched it for six years, but it's, it's, it's not just systems. Yeah. It's, it's like you know how, how do you, how do you, um, how do you? It's culture. Yeah. Like how do you, you know, and again, how do you define culture? But it's just really people talking about things. And I mean, as a leader, you have to talk about what, you know, what is important to you Mm -hmm. and you have to stop and go, oh, wait, wait a minute. You know, this is we got to stop for a minute. We got to think about the human issue here or whatever. And yeah, sometimes that holds you up, you know, and it's definitely held me up over the years. Like, why am I spending so much time on this? When I should just move on or whatever, uh, or cut ties, and you know when it's when it works out, man, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. Don't and you, then feel, you have...
0: feel too? And I think you and I were speaking this the other day. Maybe I was talking to Darby, Aaron. Aaron not only runs a million businesses, he has a family as well. But <laughs> I was talking to I think you or Darby. I don't know about how like one of your restaurants wasn't doing as well, and then you change the staff over, and it's like killing it.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I think that uh, you know usually when you when you see some issues in places um lots of times it's leadership, you yeah, know? and if it's if it's not leadership, then you can see that the the person in charge is is really making progress and that that there's there's um you know there's just things that happen that suck you yeah. know that you can't control and so but lots of times you can you can tell when something's not right by who's governing the situation, and if you make that change as hard as it is sometimes mm-hmm. um, because it's not necessarily something egregious and those are the hardest ones, you know, mm-hmm. Those are the hardest separations when you got somebody that's really hard working, you know, and, and, you know, comes to work, every, but you've had tons and tons of conversations and it just, it just, you just got to go, Hey, we got to yeah. figure something else out. And, um, and usually um, things will change pretty quickly um, in that regard, but it's just um, I, you know, terminations are not fun. No, they're not. <laughs> they're just not.
0: I've literally done well. I've done one.
1: <laughs> you, you, you get cured again and come in here and do all the rest of them. I think she that, stomps her foot. I mean, I don't
0: think I've had to really let. I, I know it's cycle. <laughs> They've had a little bit more turnover. Um, not that they're doing. It's just different people. You know. Mm. I, I think a lot of the people that have been. Another thing, and you kind of touched on this, like. People that you hired, like they had a friend that worked there, this or that, like the instructors that I hired, because we have a lot of people are moving to our city, to Charleston, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they're wonderful instructors. But my first question is when they reach out, they're like, I would love to teach at the works. Do you practice here? Yeah. No. Okay.
1: Come do that for a while. So
0: here's the deal. <laughs> like you have no idea what we're doing here.
1: Again, that's just back to the conversation thing. I mean, it's uh, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't have the finger on the pulse and understand what's going on and, and are able to create a space where people can come talk to you about stuff i've definitely learned that mostly in the last few years that um that true leadership is about kind of letting go some Mm -hmm. and being able to kind of step away from something and and watch people work things out without running your mouth yeah which i've I'm really good at you are too what running right your mouth yeah <laughs> but i mean you know it's hard not to say something it's hard not to jump in and and um and give your opinion because you're so used to doing it and you don't you don't realize that um that your opinion means so much more than somebody else's and can really that's so completely true completely change the whole dialogue and the whole feeling of conversation. I mean, so one, true. one of my most important employees and really one of the, one of the guys I trust, trust the most came to me a couple years ago and you know, he was mad at me. He was pissed. He was like, you know, like okay, you, you are running over people. You're creating, you know, a situation where it's not, you know, people can't, can't be themselves in a situation. And, and also, you know, you're, it, it seems like you don't trust me to do my job. Mm. And, Man, I mean, I that was really hard to hear. I mean, like really hard to hear. But I was so freaking grateful. Yeah, that 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 he had that conversation with me because if he didn't, then I just kept on doing the same things I was doing. Yeah. Then I I knew a little bit of that, and I tried to I tried to combat against that. I mean, I wasn't an idiot, I mean, right. I, You know, I'm, and it wasn't like I was going around bashing people all the time, but it was little subtle stuff like. And I, I just from that day forward, I think I've gotten better every day since then. Uh, but for I, a lot of reasons, it's
0: so true. Like you want to empower people, but yet because I do it too.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm like, we'll, you know, we'll have situations with people or two people will have, and I'm like, right, well, come on, I'll help y'all. But instead, just you know, like y'all talk. I mean, no. I'm here. I'm always here. Yeah, but no, I think that that's
1: listening's yeah. difficult. That's, Especially
0: when you're chatty.
1: Yeah, so this <laughs> thing's this thing's difficult. I mean, it's just really hard um, to sit amongst a group of people when you have all you know all the a lot of experience, or you're the one that built it, or whatever it is, and then listen to all these people talk about stuff and and trying to st- stay out, let them come to a place. I mean, i I've, I've also long, learned to talk a ton about in the last couple of years just by asking questions
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know ask questions promote conversation and then try not to ask a leading question mm-hmm. which is yeah even harder why do
0: you think you suck so bad
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good, good <ones. laughs>
0: why do you think no one's coming to take your class <laughs> <Yeah>. your turn
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right.
0: all right so since we're about to wrap i do want to ask you if because i think anybody i mean most people know home team especially mm. people around here and a lot of our listeners if for somebody young that's thinking about doing this what's your two, what's your what's your quick advice for them
1: about doing what a restaurant because uh, i don't know
0: anything about i know nothing about your industry except i love your nachos
1: well i think that you know <laughs> the, the thing about um you know opening restaurants or or you know whatever being in the food and beverage industry is, it's, um, it's difficult, you know, it's, 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 a lot of physical work. Um, you know, there, you deal with a lot of things that, that, um, that uh, folks don't deal with in under industries, you deal with a huge spectrum of people, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever you want to name, whether it be income, background, skill level, I mean, you got to deal with every single one of them. So you got to be a people person, um, you have to have patience, um, and uh, I think so and, you know I guess anybody can come up with a cool concept and um, you know you can find yourself a, an awesome location but um, if, you can't, if you can't build a team and, um, and be willing to do that and have the patience to do that and realize that, um, that, uh, that you're going to make mistakes and you're not the best at what you do all the time um, then you probably shouldn't mm-hmm. because I mean I've known a lot of really, really good cooks, and they were not good business. They weren't good leaders. Yeah. I mean, they just weren't. They just weren't. I feel that way about. They talk talk down to people. Mm. They, you know, they, um, and that just stuff doesn't work. And I mean, I mean, I was. I can remember when I was working out in Colorado before I got my first sous chef job. I just blame everything on everybody else. You know. I'd yell at the expo, I'd yell at a server. And that, but I think that what happened was is I'd go home each night and go, God dang, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And I should have. And so you just got to keep building on those experiences. If you do decide to put yourself out there and do that and be a leader, just realize that you're going to make mistakes and that you know, it's okay. And, it's, and I've found that nothing is better than falling on your own sword. Mm-hmm. Like taking responsibility for something, oh and yeah, letting your team know that hey, I made a mistake, totally, I fucked up, yeah, and then it gives them it it like here releases a lot. something. <laughs> I mean, when I when when I'm around somebody like that, that, that yep. I think is like you know, oh, they're the man, you know, they they never and they like you know, I fucked up. it's just it, it opens up so much more about that person. Well, vulnerability, connection, yes. Commu- yes. like that's community, it's
0: all like that's, that's right. it.
1: Vulnerability, yeah,
0: vulnerability. <laughs> Aaron and I have a lot of vulnerability together.
1: Vulnerability.
0: Um, So on that note, because we could literally talk forever. We're both chatty. um, You guys can find, Aaron's not on social personally, but it's Home Team Barbecue, right?
1: Yes. Home Home Team team BBQ. Home Team BBQ.
0: And then locations in Greenville, Columbia.
1: Four are here. Four in
0: Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Downtown, Sullivan's Island, and Aspen. That's correct. Are you impressed that I renew all that? That's
1: very good.
0: <laughs> and do you guys um, since do you guys uh, ship your merch? Yes. They have such good merch. So go check them out at home team barbecue.com. Mm-hmm. Home That's team BBQ.com. and share this with all your friends. If you're in town, you've never been here, go check them out. The food is so freaking good. My favorite is the green salad with the chicken and the pulled pork nachos. Delish. Did you
1: hear that? Her favorite dish at a barbecue restaurant. Yes. Please.
0: They know they know who I am. That's cool though.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: It's delicious.